0: Hello, it's Thursday 6th of September. My name is Brian Martin and you're listening to episode 8 of the Running Technique Tips podcast. Now, this week, uh, well, this episode in particular is going to be a little bit different because I'm flying solo today. Um, Lisa and I have been uh, overseas over the last um, few days. I've been on Flinders Island in the middle of Bass Strait um, in between Victoria and Tasmania and uh, Lisa is in New Zealand, so it's been a bit difficult to synchronise schedules. So what we're going to do is record... Um, ...on the weekend, so we'll get our regular episode out to you um, this Saturday. In the meantime, um, you may recall that in episode 6, which was the episode that we did about the long run... um, ...and its role in training programs, I kind of hinted that I might be making some changes... ...to the training program that I actually published um, quite some time ago now... Um, I think that was back in episode three for me, um, where we talked about my training program leading into the 2018 Melbourne Marathon. So I have, in fact, made some changes to my program. Um, so what I thought I would do is use this shorter interlude um, just to explain what has changed in my program and, more importantly, why I've made those changes. Um yeah it's um probably something that uh as runners we don't often do that much is kind of revise our plan, but certainly um, within the the um the tip that we gave in that week was that sure Lisa and I had both put together these um training programs leading into our two marathons um, but that uh, they could and and should be subject to change depending on um, what happened. Um, how well our training was going, um, uh, a range of other unforeseen life-gets-in-the-way type of events. Um, so without any further ado, I'll just take you through what I did um, in terms of changing my plan. Um, it hasn't changed um, remarkably or or a lot um, from the one that I published um, earlier on and talked about in episode three of the podcast. Um, I guess by way of background, and just sort of returning to my bigger running picture. Um, of around, I'm now uh, 43 years of age, um, and counting. And I've, whilst I've been sort of running on and off for, you know, more than. 20 years now, um, it's been a pretty rare event for me to kind of stack year on year of training together. In fact, I've never really managed to do that. So um, one of the big goals of my current training, um, in in particular in training for the marathon, um, is this kind of longer term goal of trying to get um, multiple years of really solid base building training behind me so I can sort of maximise um, my aerobic development, which is something even though that I'm in my 40s now that I don't think I've ever managed to do, um, and certainly training for the marathon, um, gives me the best possible chance um, to be able to to um, lay that kind of deep foundation down. Um, and I've kind of set myself this big macro goal um, of running 10 Melbourne marathons in a row. Um Currently, I'm on a streak of one, um, so I did manage to complete the marathon um, last year in 2017, um, and obviously hoping to complete the marathon this year um, as part of this build-up in 2018. Um, so it was with that kind of context in mind that I did make a couple of changes to the program, and really the, the key things that I changed or took out were um, three long runs, which um, was scheduled to have marathon pace type sessions tacked on to the end of them. So I sort of had them written in as um, a two hour steady long run at um, a heart rate that was below my my um, um recommended heart rate, which most of the training I've been doing is about 137, uh, which is a bit of a reminder that is um, 180 minus my age it gives me that kind of rough um, number that sort of keeps my training um, in an aerobic kind of zone for most of the time. Um, so, I basically, decided to remove those marathon pace segments at the end of those long runs um, with an eye on that bigger picture that I just mentioned. So. Uh, For me, I guess um, one of my, I think I described it as my running kryptonite was um, those really long runs of um, getting over two hours, heading up to two and a half hours and a little bit beyond, um, I find those ones quite tough. Um, So as I was sort of reflecting on my program, um, I was really thinking that it probably wasn't, I probably wasn't ready in terms of my development as an athlete, um, and in particular my aerobic development, to add um, that level of extra stress into my training program. And what I reminded myself of was that I'm trying to actually build this big aerobic base. um, So it might, in fact, be counterproductive for me to put those marathon pace um, efforts at the end of a a two-hour long run. Um, So what I've done is just remove those and replace them with... um, Something a little well, actually made my program a little bit easier, which is always nice. Um, and now the objective is basically um, to complete those long runs um, of about two and a half hours and make sure that I'm keeping um, within um, or as close as possible to that 137 heart rate limit. Um, so, if I can do that as part of that, that build up, that's going to show that my aerobic fitness has progressed. Quite a lot, Um, and that's going to give me, I think, um, uh, a good chance to um, improve my performance at at this year's marathon. So, yeah, I do have that um, uh, in my mind to make sure that, um, yeah, I put that priority on the aerobic development and being able to produce um, a run of about two and a half hours um, at a nice, easy pace. The other thing I was thinking about those marathon pace segments um, was really that they they're a bit of a grey area. So um, you might remember when we're talking about the the long run um, in weeks uh, in episode six, and we talked about um, the Magnus and Marcus podcast and Stephen Magnus making the point that some of that marathon pace work could be considered um, kind of in in that grey area in the middle where it's hard enough that it's difficult to recover from, but maybe it's not hard enough to actually stimulate um, a strong physiological response. So that was kind of the reason why I've now sort of taken those out and prioritised the aerobic development that I was looking for um, rather than kind of chasing that level of looking for that little bit of confidence that you'd be able to hold marathon pace um, under fatigue. Um, Given my goal is, I think, fairly realistic, I don't think holding the pace is going to be an issue for me. So I think preparing myself aerobically is, is certainly a priority. Um, the other change that I did um, was to just reduce the volume slightly of the Friday Fartlek sessions that I've scheduled into the program. So they were at basically 5K race pace type intensity, VO2 max type training. Um and I think I was just a bit ambitious with some of the sessions that I wrote for myself. So I've kind of scaled them back um, to make sure that they they really kind of don't exceed about 16 minutes of hard running. Um, in a lot of cases, I actually reduce them to less than that. So um, just enough to give me a little bit of a top up and a bit of stimulus in that area, but hopefully not enough to um, stress my body too much and put me at risk of developing an injury. So yeah, a couple of kind of um, risk management changes there and also just um, revising and and just keeping an eye on the bigger picture and the overall priority. Um, Look, and at the moment, training is overall, despite a couple of little niggles, going pretty well. And there's a lot of kind of markers um, that are sort of showing that I'm in the kind of shape that I need to be to to run my goal time um, for the Melbourne Marathon, which is three hours 20 this year. So, I didn't really want to put that at risk by adding in extra um, stress um, into my program uh, that wasn't going to be necessary to reach that goal and might, in fact, sort of undermine my sort of longer-term development. Um, We haven't actually spoken about it yet on the podcast, but both Lisa and I have sort of got our eye on a few um, goals over the summer period um, for shorter races. Um, for me, I'm definitely looking to lower my three kilometre personal best, which currently stands at 10 minutes and 29 seconds, which is actually recorded during a five kilometre race um, on my way to my 5 kpb So um, I'm pretty keen to knock that one off this summer. Um, so one of the things I want to do is get through this marathon campaign um, as unscathed as possible. So, you know, be having somewhere between two weeks and four weeks off after the marathon and then sort of looking to get back into training there. So yeah, sort of mindful of the bigger picture of um, uh, making sure the body is going to be in good shape for a, a different kind of campaign into the summer, which will be more about faster running rather than marathon running. So those are the things in summary that um, I've made changes to and why that have come out. A couple of little things that um, went in that are probably worth mentioning. Um, one, which is actually scheduled for my um, running this week, is instead of doing a long run, continuous long run of um, two and a half hours on the Sunday this week, basically what I've done is scheduled two 90 minute long runs back to back on Saturday and Sunday. Um, and again, that was something that we spoke about, um, in episode six, the long run. So a little bit of a, um, a left field idea that came out of that, um, Magnus and Marcus podcast, um, that we spoke about in that episode. So I'm going to give that one a try this week. And the reason that one's in there this week is because, um, this week I'm in re- you know, a bit of recovery mode, I guess you'd say from the Flinders Island running festival where I, um, uh, just completed a 26-kilometre race. So I won't go into that today. We'll be getting into that um, in a couple of um, days' time um, when I speak to Lisa Lisa about um, how our respective weeks went. But, yeah, I was mindful that after completing that effort, um, uh, I might not be looking to back up for another sort of two-and-a-half-hour long run. So breaking it into two 90-minute chunks um, could give me a similar kind of um, physiological stimulus um, without... Um, quite as much stress and just give me a little bit more time to recover from that. And as mentioned, really the other thing now is just to be able to complete those two-and-a-half-hour runs really easily Um, and I I think that would be a real marker of improvement um, to be able to just go out and run two-and-a-half hours and keep my heart rate below 137 and still kind of maintain a sensible pace. Um, To do that, I won't be kind of, you know, sitting there uh, running a super leisurely pace I'd still be looking to be averaging um, 530 kilometer pace or under thereabouts for that kind of two and a half hours so um, it wouldn't be a completely uh, a complete plod or a jog um, to kind of maintain that average speed. I'd be still putting in a reasonable amount of effort. Um, and if I can do that do that that's going to give me a lot of confidence heading into the marathon um, that I've uh, really improved my aerobic base quite considerably. So in summary, those are the changes that I've made to my program and why. Um, I will post up um, a new Excel spreadsheet, which has my uh, program in it for the Melbourne Marathon 2018. So you'll be able to download that from the show notes. Um, And when we get to episode nine in a couple of days' time, on saturday um we'll be able to catch up um on everything that happened to me on my visit to flinders island um, and participating in the flinders island running festival which just just quickly was uh, an amazing experience and definitely probably rates as one of my top running experiences i reckon um so far in my life so i'm kind of looking forward to um talking about that a bit further um with lisa in a couple of days and yeah it'll be really interesting to see how lisa um is going managing her niggle in that sort of calf ankle region. Um, Hopefully she's starting to get that under control um, and also catch up with her because she's been hanging out in Auckland and um, getting a bit excited about um, following Arthur Lydiard's footsteps. So, um, yeah, I'm keen to hear um, about what stories she might bring back to tell us about that. So enough from me now. Um, You'll be hearing from me again in a couple of days, and I'll look forward to talking to you then. You've been listening to this very abbreviated version of the Running Technique Tips podcast. We'll see you next week.